What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Middlecoff! Heavy Habes! Recording this on a uh, crazy Saturday. Sunday? Kobe Bryant, uh, set Sunday. Yeah, man. Kobe Bryant died today, John. Which uh, we'll talk about a lot. Pretty nuts, bro. Um, pretty somber note. It's hard to like. Yeah, it's just... Fired up, yeah. we are. Gonna, I mean, look, it's the beginning of the Super Bowl week, so we will uh, talk some Super Bowl. Actually, this morning, I was about... I was probably like 15 minutes before you actually the one that texted me. I don't because I was watching. What was I watching? And that they hadn't. I was watching golf, and there was no like, you know, the news was so new that there was no breaking news on the bottom line or anything. TMZ reported it first, obviously, so there was no. Well, I'll just I'll wait to say all of this. Let's just tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Sleep Number. We appreciate Sleep Number's support. We appreciate your support of Sleep Number. You just go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Nine out of ten couples prefer a different mattress firmness. From feather soft to firm, you can adjust each side of your Sleep Number setting so it's right for both of you. Uh, adjustable comfort, partner snore technology, sensing movement, Whoa. sleep IQ technology gives you the personalized insights. Um We've talked about Sleep Number for a long time. I talked a couple of our neighbors just bought it, and they're loving the uh, ability to like find out how they slept with the uh, personalized insights. Pretty crazy. Well, guy, sleep is so vital for your health and living. Uh, I'm a huge believer in sleep. I know Haberman's a big believer in sleep. Big believer. Uh, and we both have Sleep Number beds, and they're just awesome. And here's the thing, guy, that discover right now the proven quality of sleep and save up to 50% on the 360 limited edition smart bed 
now during the ultimate sleep number event. Only at Sleep Number Store, sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's sleepnumber.com slash ham. Easy way to do it. Get yourself a better night's sleep. And like you said when you opened up, they it's so good for couples because you can adjust. We know a lot of people don't think similarly the way they sleep. I know you, uh, Haberman likes a concrete floor to sleep on while his right. beautiful wife likes a little softer like normal people like me. I like it probably somewhere in the middle, but... It's hard. You know, it's the great part about technology, right? Discover proven quality sleep. Save 50% on the 360 limited edition smart bed now during the ultimate sleep number event. Only only at a sleep number store. So sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go do it. Podcast also brought to you by Simply Safe. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether it's a real alarm, whether they're really a crime or not. All the alarm company can tell them is that a motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Technology, Simply Safe Home Security is different. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. Guy, I was at a uh, a friend's house over the weekend. She will stay unnamed, and uh, we were in a <laughs> in a room, her bedroom, and someone knocked on the door, and she wanted to see who was in the front of her house. She has Simply Safe. Went to her phone. Boom! He must have lost his keys. Yeah, could see the camera. (laughs) Could see the camera. It was actually, I I think, religious people pushing something. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, But we could just watch the people there. Like I ain't answering the door. They stood there for a while. Actually, it was kind of creepy. But it was very, very powerful. And like you said, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, carbon monoxide poisoning. Twenty four, twenty four seven guy. Twenty four seven. Live security professionals are on call. You can set up your system yourself. No t- tools needed. They send it to me. They send it to you. Visit simplysafe.com slash ham. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose, guy, Go except your house and your valuables. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash ham. They know that we sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash ham. Yeah, not everybody can have, you know, it's ideally you'd have Middlecoff there in his boxers with a baseball bat, but not everybody can have that. So the, the, the likelihood of me attacking baseball bat or the likelihood of me sprinting away, what would you say on the pie chart it would be about <laughs> 92 run away, 8 attack, only yeah. with a sweet weapon. I'm not attacking with like a wiffle ball bat or like a shovel. You don't like, want it. It's yeah, either got to be like a legit weapon or I'm running because it's like. You don't I, want it to get to hand to hand. You're not prepared for hand to hand. Well, no, I'm not. I got no Chuck Norris. I don't blame you. You know, Conor McGregor. I'm just, I'm not super quick that way. That's not where I would excel. I would run away and text the police as my Simply Safe worked. Uh, all right, John. Kobe Bean Bryant, 41 years old. We're recording this Sunday afternoon. Uh, I've already seen like three or four briefings from different, you know, NTSB, the local sheriff, the local fire. Not a lot of people know anything uh, other than Kobe was in the copter, his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi. I found out when you texted me, you texted me like, Kobe's dead. And my response was, what? And then obviously I went straight to Twitter and uh, it was true. It just, you know, it's, it almost feels like he's an active player just because after he retired, most recently he's gotten so public. He's just been in the public eye all the time. And not just in the public eye, but in the public eye with his daughters around the sport. 
Like, remember we used to make fun, like Kobe would claim anytime anybody did something, be like, Mama mentality. Kobe would claim them. But it turns out like Kobe has been mentoring all these other athletes. And, uh, man, he's just been a part, like, basketball players almost feel like look up to him now uh, so much, even though it's a generation of players that don't really remember his prime. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I kind of unique, me and you grew up as we went from junior high to high school rooting for that Sacramento Kings team, and their biggest rivalry by far was the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq. Remember, I mean, the it was just he was such a big part as a youth. Like, he was obviously the super famous guy with drafted high, but for me personally, as a sports fan, couldn't fucking stand him because he was so goddamn good. Shaq and right. him were kicking everyone's ass. You couldn't beat him. I I was thinking this morning, guy, I'm, I texted a couple people, probably texted to you, this feels like a top five social media era shocking, like, what the fuck? Just, I had to read it a couple times, like, is this a fake TMZ account? This is not real. But it was, while it was insane when you read the headline, it wasn't like, you know, they've, Kobe went missing, or Kobe, like, he was in a helicopter. So right away, you're like, well, he flies the helicopter, right? He's Some, flying. Right, everybody's aware of that. Yeah, he fly. When I think helicopters, I think Kobe flies it to the games and Jerry flies it to work. Like, that, not many people, even super rich people, are helicopter people. So it was like, God, there might be something there. And it, it was clear kind of fast, like, this isn't fake or a hoax. When Woj tweeted out, like, sources telling me that he, it's him. It's like, whoa, this Woj ain't just... Because it was hard to keep up with all the ABCs, and I, I didn't know what was going on. No one did. And if you don't live in L.A., your local news, people kept texting me like, what are you watching? What are you watching? I'm like, I don't know what to watch. Like, the news channels aren't going to cover this, at least in the Bay. It was slow, like ESPN, in fairness, because everyone's like, you got to cut off the Pro Bowl coverage. Like, can we just take a deep breath and just find out what's real? Because right. it was originally tweeted... And I forwarded you, to you, and you're like, well, I actually was watching something where it was just a guy calling in that said his whole family was on there. just trying to rush a guy on the air. Which makes sense, right, in the sense of L.A., but it doesn't make sense which the way everything works today. They're, they're just like, we got to get Matt on. The, let's get Matt on the phone. Matt's, like, driving out there, doesn't know shit. Matt's reading Twitter like the rest of us. But, anyway, that's beside the point. I mean, while it, while it is... I believed the, it. I'll tell you this. My first reaction, my, when I, for whatever reason, I believed it right away when I saw it. Maybe just I've, TMZ has, been, has an established positive reputation with me now when it comes to breaking news, I guess. I don't... I 100 Especially stuff in L.A., right? Just, I, I thought it was just a fake TMZ account is what I was saying. Not that I didn't believe TMZ. No, I hear you. It because, just even seems to me like it'd be even too crazy for anybody to hoax. Because would, Kobe is just so... But again, like I didn't even have, the, I, I just, my first thought is like, that's such a powerful thing to read. And mm-hmm. he's so young and he's so famous and he's just Kobe fucking Bryant that I couldn't wrap my head. Like, no, this can't be, to me, the most, it is beyond gut wrenching to lose a human being at 41 years old. But that his daughter, and clearly, wait, that the latest that I had read as of recording this, which I think there were a couple other people. On her team, were probably he was given a ride to to go to yeah. this tournament. So there, she and maybe some other girls her age or also died. I mean, it's just well I, at minimum. I think there, the report was one there was other one and a parent, and then and then they said there was actually the flight manifest had nine people on it. So I, by the time this is out, you might already know. But 
how true that is. But I just on the shocking deaths because anytime a super famous person dies, it's like whoa. But I think if you die, let's say past like sixty five, seventy years old, even if it is shocking, you at least can justify it. Well, he, he impacted the world for so long. His kids were older. This one is just, I saw someone tweeted, I thought it was put perfectly, like, this isn't just a sports tragedy. This is a family tragedy. Like, a family lost her husband and one of their, there's three girls, right? So the oldest daughter. There's four girls now. There's four girls. Oh, yeah, because they just had a baby. So what, this like is the second year? oldest. Oh, this is not the oldest. I think the oldest is 16 or 17. I just, I, I to me, this feels like one of the most shocking to the system deaths I remember in a yeah. long, long time. No, I don't, I don't think you're overstating it. I mean, I remember, you know, we were on the air doing radio the day that Prince died. For me personally, like, you know, we played some Prince music. He meant a lot to a lot of people. Didn't really register with me to the degree that it registered with others. Maybe partly age, partly, you know, for whatever reason. It was before our time, a little when he peaked in the 80s. But, but it, that, that was a big deal. Um, you know, Alyssa brought up, and you mentioned it to me too. I hadn't thought of this one initially, but Princess Diana in 97. I, was, I remember watching stuff with my mom. She I, yeah, I just, exactly. I, and this is not to like, which was bigger, worldwide, whatever. But yeah, I mean, to me, this is, you think about the way, the way people talk about Roberto Clemente's death, although... Just given the way how connected the world is now because of social media, et cetera, it's just hard to be, you know, something that happened in 1972. It's harder for that to maybe be as worldwide. John Lennon in 1980 was another one you just think of. But this is in part because he was a great player, in part because I think because of the way he played, everyone has an emotional connection. Either you loved him or you hated him, right, as a player. But then he had this post-career where everyone started to love him. Like that's... Didn't he win well, an Emmy recently, like last year for his, his uh, well, short yeah, films? Just, is it uh, a, a, an Oscar? Uh, an Maybe, Emmy? Yeah, he won. Whichever he, one. I don't know the award. He started well, blowing up that one way. Well, that's what I saw somebody tweet. Like, he's going to be in the, because he won an award, when they do the thing at the end of the award show, the in, what do they call it? In memor, memoriam or whatever, the people that have passed, like he's going to be in that. Um, He was writing books. Yeah, well, he did the, he did the, the animated basketball series, remember? The, or the, the, the picture that went viral, I, I actually think, as someone that probably hated him, but for, in a sport sense, I respected the living shit out of him. And remember... Academy Award, John. Is that what you, remember before his Award, Achilles tour, I mean, Laker fans would remember this. There was this, vi- there was this visual, I remember like ESPN tweeted out. And it, they back Twitter wasn't probably as big then. It was like 2011 or 2012. And all the injuries. Because remember, he refused to miss games. It was like he was fucking playing. He broke his fingers, tweaked his hammy. What He never missed games. I vividly remember at SportsCenter tweeted out like all of his current injuries. This was before he tore his Achilles. And it was like, he ain't into sitting out. To me, the thing I respect most about him, guy, and I, I love the NBA. People our age... Don't watch it as much, but when we were kids, it was a very, very big deal. It was like NFL level big deal because of Michael. And obviously, 
as we were growing up, Larry and Magic took it to another level. But to me, that that era was driven by guys who just were just driven by basketball. You know, was basketball was the first and foremost priority. Like when I think Michael Jordan, I think about a guy that his number one priority was hoops. And then everything else, the brand and all the other bullshit comes. But it was basketball. And he was an absolute killer, just like Tiger. Kobe was kind of like that, too. Kobe really was like that. He All he wanted to win. Now, he had to battle through figuring out the way to do it cor- correctly. And him and Phil, you know, Phil wrote a book saying he hated him. But you had to respect his just ultimate drive to attempt to win. And that's something that the NBA is desperately lacking with load management. Like, I can't imagine some of the off-the-record conversations Kobe had about some of these generations players. Like, what a joke it is. Yeah. It's, and that's, to me, like, he's kind of a... I mean, he was not a dying breed because he was 41 fucking years old. But he was very, very old school. He just was he was just an old school, like, the way he thought about it and the, how much he cared about the sport of basketball. And some people would say he cared too much at times, and I think that hurt him, right, with teammates and stuff. They like, couldn't relate to him. But in the end, he was like a, a sport that it does feel like needs great ambassadors right now because of his reputation. He was one of those, right? The whole thing this year where people were mad, like some people got mad at because I loved everything. it. I but the loved thing about it. you know how tough it was to play for his team, I think most people didn't like. It wasn't actually a controversy. Oh, so, oh, I thought you, so, I thought you were ta- you're talking about the little girls, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, remember the picture where they took seventh and he was like, this isn't yes, acceptable. nobody was, was happy. Like, I fucking was so loved great. it. I, I yeah, never course, had John, more respect for Most people for did. I think most yeah. people did. Most people thought it was so perfectly Kobe. Yeah. You know, Dude. it was great. And I, like, I was texting with a buddy of mine who lives in Southern California. He lives like 10 minutes from where Kobe lived, I guess. Um, like in Orange County or south of Orange County. And he was just saying how, because he's got daughters. He said Kobe did so much for, for like girls basketball in our area. Um. Buddy has daughters like Kobe does, and you just said Kobe did so much. I, he was always tweeting back and forth like the star in the Pac-12. It always felt like whoever that was that was oh, a yeah. female basketball. Sabrina Ionescu, but he's he used to go to UConn games. I mean, he was just because I I watched this clip of him on Kimmel and he was laughing how like he would go people would come up to him like Kobe man you need to have a son man carry on the legacy, and I I guess his daughter Gigi'd be like excuse me like I'm gonna carry on the legacy. So was that the one that passed? Yeah, yeah. I one thing was clear to me. Here's one thing I've like a conclusion I've already reached in the hours since he died, since it's been reported. Like one thing's clear watching all this stuff, man, is he is just and this people who live the Lennon, you live the other tragic kind of very public deaths that affect people worldwide. If you didn't, for for people who weren't alive for this Kobe experience, they just, the stories that people tell them won't quite be able to capture him, right? Just the whole, like, I can't play with him. I can't play with him. And Smush Parker. And to me, the fact that this guy at 36 came back from, you know what? I I went back and watched the clip of him coming back on the floor with the Achilles to shoot the free throws. You know who was standing right there when he did it? It was, come on, Mitch. These motherfuckers ain't even trying. You know, you know who's standing right there at the free throw line next to him when he walked back with the torn Achilles to shoot the free throws was Clay Thompson. It was against the Warriors. Later came back with the ACL to shoot free throws. Right, like I had forgotten that it was a Warrior game and that Clay was standing right there. We watched Kobe do it. 
Um, and, you know, I just don't think people can quite grasp who come later and didn't live it. Just what a polarizing guy he was while he was a player. I think that's part of why everyone feels it is because if you watched him, you just had an emotion about him, positive or negative. And even if you hated him, it was because he just ripped your heart out all the time. You hated that he seemed to care more and could do whatever he wanted to your guys. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons probably hate would be too strong for me, it was more just like he'd bother me sometimes, but it was also like protecting Michael because he kind of copied Michael. Yeah. But the thing you'd respect, remember, he talked, kind of tried to talk like Michael and he even, even admitted it. Like I tried to be exactly like him. He did carry the torch like he did about winning, about practicing, about working hard. And, and I think the sport, I, I love basketball, I love the NBA. I can't take a fucking ha- 90% of the league's good players seriously, guy. Like, I I always respected and liked Kobe just because I knew that he gave a fuck. Like, I'll never argue that, like, Shaq was the better player on the three championship teams, but there's no disputing Kobe worked harder and tried. Someone tweeted this out. I guess he said it. I copy and pasted it. It was such a good quote. And it is true. When he retired, following his final NBA game, he said, I want people to think of me as a talented overachiever. I was blessed with talent, but I worked as if I had none. If I could be remembered that way, it would be pretty good. And I think there's an element to the guys, like Doc Rivers talking today after the game, first thing Doc said, it was like an honor to be his opponent. Like, that's, that's what the sports are about. Like, you want to play Kobe. You want to play Michael. You want to play Tom. Anyone worth their salt at the highest level wants the best. But, like, the one thing you think about Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan and Kobe or even Brady. Now, Michael and Kobe were given God-given elite athleticism. That's the thing about basketball. Like, most of the guys in the NBA are, I just watched Zion catch an oop. The guy fucking jumped as high as the... Uh, as the backboard. The oop was crazy. But if Zion is going to be a great player in the league, like a Hall of Fame elite player, he's going to have to be a hard worker. There's just no way around it. It's why Stephen Clay became so great, because they work so fucking hard. Michael Jordan was notorious the hardest working guy in the league. Tiger Woods is like known for being the craziest grinder ever. Tom Brady as as said on Tom first time, like I've dedicated my life to football, and clearly that's what drew. It's kind of it was kind of cool because you got like Kobe's gonna have four daughters. I don't know if it's gonna go that well in the sense of like how are they all gonna get along? <laughs> and they all kind of bonded over basketball. And his daughters clearly look like they love playing hoops. And that thing that went viral a couple weeks ago of him being, I think it was at a Nets game. Him mm. and Ky- he him and Kyrie remember kind of liked each other. Or Kobe kind of took to Kyrie, and which is kind of ironic the way Kyrie acts. But remember, he was talking to his daughter, and she was like shaking her head. He was always just trying to use. In fairness to Kobe, like this, his entire life's passion was the sport. It wasn't just going to turn it off. And I think we all struggled. Like, what he is not going to handle retirement well. And I'd say he handled retirement really well. Yeah. I think Peyton is very similar. You think like these guys were addicted. Not to the championships, not to even the games, but to the sport. Like on a coach's level, right? Like this guy was addicted to it. Like this, 
like the way that we'll talk about Kyle or Coach Reed, like they're addicted to football. Most guys on their team are probably not addicted to football. But like Kobe, the Paytons, the Bradys, the, the Jordans, I think Clay is a good example, like addicted to the sport of basketball. And that's why on t- we have also followed his life since high school. Like we right. knew, I mean, he came out of high school. He went to the Lakers. He became, like you said, if you're a little younger, I, it'll be hard to kind of understand like just how polarizing Kobe. There are just some moments of Shaq getting traded, of the thing in Colorado, of Phil writing a book saying he hated him, and then they got back together. Like his career kind of reads like a like the New England Patriots franchise the last 20 years. Like you can't even make up the shit that was happening on top of it being so good and so famous that it just exponentially grows at a level that's that other athletes I don't you you can't manipulate his type fame. No, it, because it made him bigger than just a a sports celebrity. He was just a one of the most famous people in America, one of the most famous people in the world, right? Um and I think the the point about like not being able to describe him to people, that's the part like as sports more and more and this is not anti numbers, but as sports more and more go beyond just the human part of it, right? Whatever comes next with all the replay, analytics, robo-umps, all that stuff. Like the thing that separates the humans is you just cannot it is impossible to describe a human and capture their essence to somebody who didn't experience them. That's humanity. You just can't do it. And Kobe, everything you just described, like there was this whole complicated puzzle built over decades that made Kobe Bryant who he was to the people that viewed him as, you know, a famous guy. And famous guy is an understatement. In the community in L.A., I think like I was watching some of the local L.A. news, like people are super rattled. Like everybody's rattled, but they can't separate like all the reporters like, man, I was a Laker fan. Like they can't even separate that because that meant so much. Like at its heart, sports brings tons of people together and Kobe brought so many people together and he happened to do it in one of the biggest markets and well, kept him at the top for so long. Well, think about just think about this. If you're 30 years old, you were born in 1990. You would not have experienced any of magic cuz he was basically gone by 92, 93, right? It was just over. By the time you become a sports fan, you know, like you become it early if your family is but you start remembering shit, and remember, you found the study a long time ago when we were on radio, was eight. So yeah. right around like seven, eight years old, Kobe comes in the league, late 96, 97, 98, Shaq comes. If you lived in Southern California, which I'm pretty sure beside New York, and the numbers might change, there are more people in Southern California than there is any other place in America. And there's like 15 million people in L.A. And like the Niners would be here, the Lakers have a fucking stranglehold on the market. Of those 15 million, whatever percentage are sports fans, they got about 98% of them are going to like the Lakers. And so if you were 30 years old or younger, down in one of the biggest markets in the world, he was the standard. Like, you just, he is beloved. One, he's their guy. Two, he's just kind of a badass. There's no kind of. Just an absolute killer. And just, if you have any, you know... Like the way most people think when it comes to sports, I'd say in the history of just if you're a sports fan, you're always going to lean to like the guy a little more that you think, you know what, 
That guy gave fucking everything he had. Well, there you could never debate, right, that you as a fan cared more about it than him. If you were a fan of his. You never thought, like, man, my team cares less than I care. And wouldn't you say that's that's something in, like, 2020 that a lot of, like, God, totally. I can't watch these guys anymore. Yep. Because, you know, athletes say, it like, man, tr- trust me, like, I care more than you. And they put in, they're the ones that put in the effort. They're the ones that are not on their ass. They're the ones that, right. So, but at the end of the day, I think fans want to feel like when the players leave the court, it hurts them to lose. And it hurt Kobe to lose. What do you think about this? You and I have talked a lot about Tiger. And I was thinking about this last night. Like, one thing that just Tiger has, a pitch that no one else has, his name was fucking Tiger. Like, that's just really unique, that name. You just say, like you say Mike, like Mike Vick, Mike Jordan. Like, you got to say MJ, then everyone knows who you're talking about. But even Brady, you go, the Brady Bunch? I'm just, obviously, I would think Tom Brady, but not. You say Tiger, every single human thinks Tiger Woods. If you're talking about a person, Tiger Woods. Kobe, it really was... Like this unique name, I don't know. I've never heard of it, met anyone the name Kobe, but it's also like a pretty sweet name. And then he kind of liked Tiger, even uh, he was better look. Like Kobe was just a really good looking. He just he just had a unique look about him. And then he yeah. had his name really like you just he just went by one name, Kobe. Yeah. And he was so famous, like the way you opened it up. And I always say this about two people. And my little brother's named Jeffrey after Joseph Jeffrey Mont or my little brother's name middle name was Joseph after Joe Montana, but Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Like you just know certain people's full name. Like everyone just Kobe Bean Bryant. Like it was just. I just don't even think there are people that are even like LeBron, obviously, and Steph maybe, but like his level of fame is. It's going to be hard. Because, again, I don't think... Here's the thing I respect about Kobe. is like his fame came... Obviously, he would have been famous. He was drafted by the Lakers. His teammate was Shaq, who was much more famous by the time Shaq got there, right? He was just Mm -hmm. a bigger star. But, like, when you grow... Like, I I never felt this with... Well, I'll use Tiger as an example. Like, the brand comes when you become an all-time great. And I don't think, like, Kobe was obsessed with his brand. He was just obsessed with winning championships and being an elite player, and then that just comes. Yeah, the Mamba to- stuff came later, right? Because remember, it was like people were like Kobe, you, Kobe, you can't just give yourself a nickname. Yeah, but he he had won so much, and I think so many so many times now. Do you know what makes me puke whenever I hear an athlete say this? It's it's a business, man. Like it's working on my brand. Like shut the fuck up, just play. And I, you know what, you don't know anything about Kobe, like what his politics are. What all the other bullshit fluff that we're just consumed with. Now, maybe if he was 25 playing in this, he might have. But I, I think he followed the guy's blueprint. And you know whose blueprint was just kill everyone in your path and everything else will follow. And I, I, was, I, I miss that, man. I, I really do. Call me a 35-year-old curmudgeon, but the, the no, masses I don't clearly think that's, do. I, don't, no I, think that's every, I think every fan feels that way that, that had any experience of sports before the last 10 years, just in terms of competitiveness. Um especially because he got so rich, maintained it, had what you know, could have been a career-ending injury, came back and played, I mean, parts of two more seasons. But um, That ruined you know, it, it. That kind of fucked him. It did, but he was pretty old at that. But he was 36, 37 at that point anyway, right? With just no, I, load, man, no load management year, so he no just had a lot of miles. 
Yeah, I, kind of I've said runs. it before, so this is not just because he just died, but his 60-point performance to bring the Lakers back down 10 with two and a half minutes left in his last career game, I'll always remember that night. It's one of my favorite sports events of all time because it was the same night that the Warriors won 73, and that was kind of like a foregone conclusion. That game was like a 20-point game, wasn't oh, it? Oh, killed him, remember? And this game was on, and I remember like I kind of gave up on it early because they were kind of getting their ass kicked, right, the, the Lakers. And then I just was like, you know, i got to watch the end of Kobe. And so you're watching it, and it felt like, you know, with the way SEC football games feel where there's just people standing all around the court, like everyone was or all around the football field. Everyone was standing around the court. Remember how many fa- remember how many back. famous people were at that game? Well, like Jay Z, I remember the shot of Jay Z late, Shaq, and all the former Nicholson players going nuts with like whoever he's sitting with. But did, was Kobe that the game hit, that they did the gunning. like at the post game, or they did a big ceremony after that game? Didn't he stay um, on the court, or was that like I, a next year? Well, they definitely did a ceremony with him later. I'm pretty sure they did something that night too. Yeah, I'm sure there probably was. What I there was remember- definitely one later. I know that, but yeah. there might have been one that night. It was just, it was, and Kobe had just missed so many shots that night. Right? I, we looked back at the box score. He was twenty-one of fifty shooting that day. That's forty-one percent, forty-two percent. Is what that what I- it was? Twenty-one of fifty, twenty-two of fifty, and six of twenty-one from three. What I vividly remember about that game. Because I'm with you. They're like, the Warriors game was boring. You flipped over to Kobe, him just gunning, and it being awesome, and it being on brand. Like, I yeah. want this guy to gun. I want him to make the shots. But was every time that they go to the huddle, he was so fucking tired. He was breathing. Like, anytime, whenever I see someone like, it's why I defended Zion the other night when they're like, he's out of shape. Well, no shit. You know, he hasn't been playing. Have any human that's ever played pickup basketball full court? And I was like, yeah, I've been, I've been working out. I'm in pretty good shape. You get two laps down the court, you, your lungs are burning. And clearly, Kobe, remember, he wasn't playing as much, like kind of taking games off, if I remember correctly. It was just that he was kind of easing into the home. It was just shot. Like his body was kind of giving up. Because it was tough to watch. Remember, he was terrible. I think he's statistically one of the worst players in the league that year. He clearly couldn't jump anymore. He was just exhausted. And you could see it. Like most elite players, like if you look at LeBron during an NBA game or Steph or Clay or Harden or AD, it's like it really is remarkable, right, how in shape they are. Like their cardiovascular shape is Mm. stupid. I mean, it's incredible. They don't ever look like they're breathing that hard, even when you look at them on the sidelines. they I mean, they take water. Sometimes they like wipe themselves off with a fucking towel, but they aren't like if you just look at a normal game, if I got 10 NFL players and went full go and pick up basketball, they would be huffing and puffing a little bit by like .7 or 8. And I remember Kobe looked human. It was like, this guy is sucking wind right now. He's got he's given all he has. And I thought that was just, thinking about it today, like how symbolic that was. Like his entire, he fucking left it all on the line. Most yeah. athletes, I'd say the modern athlete, especially in the NBA, just when you factor in how much I, I don't feel like the NBA is a leave it all in the court league right now. It's a cash every check league. It ain't like am I really getting everything I got? <laughs> you know, it's like I well just the other day was Zion. They had to yank him out. You think Kobe was getting yanked out? <laughs> you know, in that situation, he'd kill you. And I, I get times to, have changed, but I was listening to uh Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson have a podcast. <laughs> Isn't it like they get high? Yeah, it's called All the Smoke. <laughs> was that what they had Steph on? 
yeah, it probably was. They had Kobe on, and Kobe was talking about, and this wasn't that. This might have been like within the last month. Didn't Kobe throw the ball at his face or fake the ball? Remember? Yeah, but remember then there was the angle. Kobe was I like three Matt, feet to the no, right. No, Matt Barnes did it to him, remember, but Kobe didn't flinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the angle showed that Kobe was like four feet to the right. It wasn't in front yeah, of Yeah, like maybe it wasn't quite. And it turns out they like each other because Matt Barnes was saying like his life changed. Him and Kobe were going through some personal stuff at the same time. Uh, Matt was separated from his wife or maybe divorced. I don't know. But his life changed because he started. He just started spending a lot of time with Kobe. He's like, and when Kobe would go out, we went out to like black tie Hollywood events. He's like, and I started just meeting a different kind of girl. You know, I started meeting like high class Hollywood girls. Yeah. <laughs> but the story they were telling was Kobe had a kill list when he was like a sophomore in in high school, like Billy Madison style. You remember how the guy in Billy Madison, Billy calls him to apologize for being mean in school. And he's like, oh man, it's distant memory. And then he crosses Billy off his people to kill list. Yeah. Kobe had a kill list of all the people that were rated higher than him, like coming out as like high school sophomores or juniors or whatever. So he's like, so he's going through the list. He's like, Tim Thomas was on it. Mike Bibby was on it. He's like, Rip Hamilton wasn't on it. Cause me and Rip were like playing together. No one knew who we were. They played like rival, same area in Philly, I guess. He's like, Jermaine O'Neal was on it. Corey Benjamin was on it. <laughs> he just had this list as a high schooler that it was his, it was called his kill list. I, Guys I'm he al- wanted to take down, be better than. You know, it, I, I'm always fascinated with the human dynamics. Like, I didn't even think like that when I was that age. Funny now, like, it shows you we all mature at different ages. I wouldn't say I have a kill list, but... And it's not healthy. The older you get and you read about, like, every successful person would tell you, even Kobe would be like, yeah, Kobe didn't feel like that now. Like, you mature out of it. But, like, that mindset and that drive at that age, that's unheard of, guy. It's one thing to be like, I was discounted or whatever. But, I mean, truly have that mindset in high school as a sophomore, that's, I I would pay for that. I, I, I the, If I could, like... I always wish like I my parents were even like we were, grew up poor, you know, and, and obviously he grew up. I mean, he came from money and it, it didn't. And that's what's always to me most impressive. Like I understand when a dude starts out in life in the fucking gutter, like you don't have shit in the professional athlete. Like I didn't have a choice. I, I had nowhere to go. It's always pretty impressive. Like Kobe or Peyton, like they create that drive and they grew up like their kids or the way they grew up is obviously richer than their family grew up. But they did not. I mean, his da- Kobe's dad was playing internationally. Like, he was making upper middle class at worst, if not, like, below high class, right? So clearly, Peyton, I mean, his dad played in the NFL for a long time, was a famous guy. They were wired like they were from the fucking gutter. That, that to me, is what makes them, like, relatable to everyone. Like, these guys are just insanos. You know, I mean, they're just, they're nuts, well, you rarely meet someone or, I mean, talk about someone in sports or watch someone in sports that's wired like that that isn't universally respected. You may not like him if you're a fan of his opponent because he's usually beating you, but it's just like, God damn, I want that guy around me. Like I, I, I like the guy's mentality. And, and the irony, too, guy, is just the way the league has changed. Like that's everything he stood for, playing every game, earning the respect of... Whether I don't know if he necessarily played for like what was Joe DiMaggio's thing, like you never know, or Babe Ruth, who was going to be, you know, there could be one guy that had never seen you play that day, even if everyone else has, you always got to give your best effort. 
or if it was like I gotta earn the respect of every fucking person I play. I want them to know I'm better than whatever. Like that 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 mindset is just it's a dying to me. It's just dying, you know, in, in the sport of basketball. I, I still think it holds just because the NBA, the NFL, the violence of the sport. Like it's hard to be like, yeah, just I'm cool, just being here. Like you know, like you'll get fucking taken out fast. In the NBA, it's kind of become a scholarship league uh, with just high draft picks and how much money they're paying for them. And it never felt like Kobe was thought of himself like he was just on scholarship. I mean, his he could have just walked when his Achilles tore, it was over. And the guy came back at like 35 years old for no reason. Same, I mean, I see this with Tiger now. I mean, it's just, he wasn't in it for the money. He wasn't right. in it for the brand. He was in it for the juice of playing. And everything, like they like the grind at the end of the day, this is why I think the coaches like them the most and desire to have those type guys. Is because deep down, the championships, like it, it's to me the happiness Kobe got, like the second iteration with the pal, a night or two, he got his most joy out of like what time are we working tomorrow? Five a.m. What what time is uh what time am I getting for shoot around? Like that, he just loved the process of it all. Which is cheesy, and you hear people talk about it, but like he's, to me, he was really about it, and that's that's the biggest reason why him and Shaq broke up. Kobe didn't respect him. Kobe thought he was lazy. Think about that. Kobe thought Shaq was the most dominant player in the league, and Kobe was looking at this guy like you're just a fucking god given freak that is lazy. Think about that. Yeah. The the, the the crux of their animosity toward each other simply was Kobe kind of thought he was just going through the motions. They didn't respect him, which I think if you put your everyone puts yourself in that in his shoes in a situation a business situation you have a partnership and you just go I'm putting in way more work than this guy like you just you don't look at that person the same right we've all worked with people where we're just like and maybe it happened vice versa to others I mean it's not Kobe was at the highest high I'd end. be wouldn't you be a little surprised though if it was that simple between the two of them I mean they were both such iconic massive stars yeah there was more to it but I think if if Shaq had been a grinder too remember Shaq's big thing was like uh well I got hurt on the company's dime I'm gonna rehab on the company's dime right like who says that guy like Shaq had a little just your typical NBA oh, player. There's no in him. question. I'm just saying like there, there was more to both it. of them. Okay, you're right. It wasn't that black and white. Just he was late. It, it was more egos and stardom and Massive who's getting egos, the ball. Yeah. But I think Kobe goes. Well, this guy wants a fucking ball in the post. Remember, he wouldn't throw him in the post. Like, well, you didn't fucking work out for the last three days. So it was yeah. There was it kind of uh, snowballed itself into the pettiness. But I if. If Shaq had been a grinder, don't you think their relationship might have worked a little harder? Like, clearly, like, Scotty and Mike. Now, Mike was always going to be on a different level than Scotty. But I'm just saying, like, other stars get along with other stars when I think you... when Steph and Clay. Like, I, I actually think Clay's stardom and fandom and just superstardom has exponentially grown the last two or three years. And it's not quite Steph, but I think... Part of the reason I don't think there's any ever animosity with that group is they all just go, we're all just fucking grinders. We're just in, in the mud, just trugging through. every Like, this is the way they think about the sport. Where if, if one of them had been lazy and the other guy, I, I just think that naturally creates, like, I'm, you're not pulling your weight. I think when you're wired like that, that is something that just, we're all human, so egos and who's getting billboards and all that bullshit would you know, given what they were doing. 
I do think that was a big part of it. When you just look at the way he lived, like look at the people he hated, like the swaggy peas and the, the all the lazy guys over the years. Yeah. Because ultimately, him and Phil had major, major fights. I mean, Phil wrote a book basically calling him an asshole and uncoachable. But I think Kobe knew like Phil was a lead at his job, and once his once he be my head coach he'd be all in on it and they they met on that level right phil worked I mean, probably phil, phil had coached i mean phil was so unique right because he had coached michael not just coach michael he was the coach for michael do you think there'll be a kobe again like do you think that the nba has that type of power anymore uh yeah i mean look i think it's easy to forget because he's because the warriors have been bad for a few months but uh, yeah, Steph, I'm saying I'm saying any guy that's like under 30, like he, Steph's already pretty well established. Yeah, he I I, do, I, I still think greatness. It's cyclical. I, I the idea that there can never no will there be a Kobe Bryant? No, Kobe is Kobe. Well, but he wasn't Michael either. But they by the end kind of stood maybe not quite shoulder to shoulder, but clearly in the same club. Yeah, I mean I think there will be a great polarizing NBA star again. I hope so. Was, I do too. I think, yeah, I mean, well, that's a whole other, I got a whole other NBA take with the Warriors, but that's a whole other thing. Um, now, Kobe, will there be Kobe again? I mean, has there been Mike again? I'd say no, but there's been somebody that's carried that same mantle, right? Like Kobe carried the same mantle Mike did, but he wasn't Mike. Does that, you agree with that? Yeah. But so I in think that like- sense, yes, there will be somebody like that, but there can't be, like, I think I told this, I told you this probably said on the podcast but last month when I was doing a game at Staples Center it was LSU against USC and most of LSU's guys I don't think they had a Californian on their team like they're not California guys but when you go look at a college guy's bio right now almost all of them are LeBron fans you know and I'm sure eight years ago if you went and looked they'd all be Kobe fans yeah but they're all LeBron fans like I'd say 80 percent of college male probably female athletes too, but male basketball players, if you go to their bio, it says favorite athlete, it's LeBron James, basketball players. Well, guy, if you're 19, but, when you 10 years ago, LeBron was the best player in the world, right? You just, it's yeah, your age. It's, but I mean, it's obvious. But when they all got together at the end of their practice, LSU, to shoot half-court shots, oh, they all did, yelled. You did say it. I think nine out of 10 of them would be like, Kobe! And I was telling, I don't, did you say this? Or maybe somebody else said it to me when I told them the story. They're like, isn't that kind of disrespectful to Kobe? Like, aren't they making fun of the fact that he took awful shots? And it's kind of a good perspective. I'm like, yeah, they are kind of making fun of it. But I think really what it was was Kobe took the impossible shots. And you say his name because one out of 20 times you'll hit the shot and you'll feel like Kobe bottom swish fading. Like, those are the shots Kobe made, took and made. And, um, like, I don't – will we be 10 years from now no one's yelling LeBron? Like, I – why I also I think you're just allowed to always take, be yelling you, Kobe. Aren't you allowed to take dumber shots now more than ever? No, yeah, but it's not even about. I just no, think yeah, the Kobe shots were audacious, right? They were. Yeah. Some of them were outrageous, like triple team fading away, two guys open with their hands out, ready for a chest pass, <laughs> and Kobe would take it. But I think it's a term of endearment. But I don't know. I wonder. Like to your point, in 15 years, will that part of Kobe carry? Will people yell Steph? When they take a deep three, I, I mean, it was a different shot, I guess, but I don't know. That's one of my – because I saw somebody tweet this a few months ago, I think. It's just – maybe it's a few – I'm sure it's been tweeted a million times. But, like, when you shoot a balled-up piece of paper at a trash can, 
you yell, you say Kobe. Is that just our generation or is that like going to carry forever? I hope it carries forever because that's most people do it. Like Kobe, you play pickup hoops. People are like uh, Kobe. Like it's just, I don't know, man. It's I, I think you're really transcended. Gonna, I, I think you're going to feel the power of this guy this week because it's Super Bowl week. He is going to be a point of conversation the whole fucking week. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, with the NFL guys you know, that whole week in Miami. Uh, he was. Well, are they gonna have a moment of silence at the Super Bowl? I I would. Yeah, Maybe. I would too. I think you would. Is the first commercial gonna be? Well, we'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, I, and I, I don't know. God, I mean, playing seemed pretty difficult. Like playing games today. I, some of the was it the Spurs game where they let the shot clock, the twenty four second clock, run out. I, I think all, I think all the games ended up doing that. Uh oh. Okay, but. You know, I mean, the fact that it happens during the NBA season, so there's players are available to the media just in the moment, and you see everyone's reactions on the floor. Uh, I saw Sabrina Ionescu, who I guess had been. I you see she uh, she texts with Kobe like weekly. She wore a thing. I saw Sharif O'Neal, Shaq's son, tweeted a screen gab this morning. Kobe this morning, Sunday morning, like eight thirty, just randomly sent him a message like, "How you doing, kid?" or whatever. Um. Just checking up on him. Yeah. So, well, he had I, kind of, I think, in himself, he kind of taken on the responsibility of kind of being the father of basketball. You, you know, know what I, you know what I just did, guy. Huh. Is I was thinking, I was like, I wonder when the next home game is in L.A. Well, it's Clippers Lakers on Tuesday, right? So I went Monday, no games. Tuesday, Clippers Lakers. Well, I'm going through on the ESPN.com page. New York at Charlotte. Tickets as low as $8. Golden State at the Sixers. You can get in for 25 bucks. Boston at Miami. Shit, I might go to the game. You can get in for $21. All of a sudden, all these, 25. Uh, Memphis game, you can get in for four. <laughs> Tickets as low as $15, Phoenix, Dallas. Lakers, or Clippers at Lakers. The cheapest ticket, and I think they use Ticketmaster on this, is right now $960. Wow, that was definitely not the case 24 hours ago. I Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a religious experience every one of these home Laker games. Well, have you for. seen the, the footage outside of Staples on Sunday? I mean, it's... People everywhere? Yeah. I mean, there is... Obviously, they can't... I mean, LeBron winning a championship and the Lakers winning a championship this year would be pretty big. Mm. I mean, it would have been big no matter what, but this guy like you said you said that Stephen A said that the argument for best laker ever is between two people it's just magic or kobe one of the two mm-hmm. and if you he said if you ask magic he'll say kobe and if you ask kobe he'll say magic cuz you said well what about kareem and it's a good point but i think part of it is just it's not just the player those guys just are so you know laker fans have been defending kobe to the hilt for two decades now and Jerry, so and Jerry West only had guys. one championship, right? Those guys, he's yeah. had five. Um, but I saw, I think Magic tweeted or said something the greatest about him being the greatest Laker of all time today. Anyway, but keep going. Yeah, it's, you know, you're right. It, that team winning a championship would feel... R.I.P. Would feel pretty big. And like the other part of it that you see a lot of on Sunday is just, you know, the clips of him and his daughter have been everywhere. And you've seen a lot of that, like watching Kobe be a father. Like, I think a lot of people do feel like they watch Kobe grow up because he was so young when he came into the league, live his whole life. I mean, 
over half his life has been in the public eye. I think if you weren't a huge Kobe guy, which is usually, it's going to be mostly non-Laker fans, besides just like young people that grew up watching him, you, it was really kind of cool to watch his life the last couple of years. It's like, damn, this guy, he was a really high-level human. Like, he was really smart. And he had, I, I think having all the daughters made him, just made his story kind of different. Yeah. You know? Because, like you said, to end it kind of, I guess we can end it where we started. It's just, that picture of the of the girls was just badass. It's like, this guy is just. Which he, picture? The picture of him being the coach. on, the, And they got seventh oh, place. Oh, oh, oh. And yeah. they were all fucking scowling. And he was pissed. And he remember, he rode along Insta like, we will never celebrate. You know, we don't give fucking trophy. It was just, he's not even on brand. That's just, that's him. Like, he, it was just real. And, and I, you could see the faces like this. Like, is he going to keep coaching us? You know? <laughs> like, what? this sucks. And it was, it was great, man. I, I loved that. And I loved how angry it made the small percentage of losers on the internet. Because he, <laughs> he was, was an instigator in that way. Yeah, yeah he was perfect. Uh, all right. Deal. Before we move on, I'm sure there's a lot. Um, yeah, you're right. Tuesday's going to be wild. Uh, before we move on, John, let's tell the people this podcast is also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings, John. DraftKings. Super Bowl week is here. Feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings. Every run, every throw, every catch. DraftKings lineup on the line. Use the code HAM. Guys, this is your last last week to play football DraftKings because we don't have any football till. Actually, read somewhere. I'm not actually. Don't quote me. They might do the XFL, but basketball, baseball, golfing. But this is the last single game showdown. The sweat like never before. The Super Bowl. Download the DraftKings app. Promo code Ham. New users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code Ham will receive a free shot at a million dollar top prize. A million-dollar top prize, guy. How do you beat that? Uh, get it. Get in on the Super Bowl 54 action. Download the DraftKings app now and enter the code HAM during sign-up. For a limited time, all new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your Whoa. first deposit. That's code HAM. Get a free shot at the $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Uh, I got. I think I have an old, old uh, ad here. Does that one say minimum $5 deposit required? Eligibility deposit. restrictions apply. See the DraftKings.com for details. All right. There you go. Um, man. And you know DraftKings is looking out for the fairness of the game, as we learned this oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Bachelors. Uh, podcast also brought to you by ExpressVPN, which I am using, which you are using. It's going to be big when you're running around public Wi-Fis and Super Bowl week, John. ExpressVPN.com slash ham for three months free when you get a one-year package. ExpressVPN.com slash ham. Well, think about this, guy. The NBA offers NBA League Pass. We'll let you stream games online, and I would imagine many people are going to watch this Clipper uh, Laker game, but depending on where you are, it doesn't let you watch all of them. Some games are blacked out. Uh, obviously, this works with baseball, too, or just any other packages that – that you may be uh, subscribing to. That's where ExpressVPN comes in. They work on your computer, your phone, your router, consoles like Fire TV, so you can watch all the games from any device. Even when I'm not watching sports like the NBA, I have ExpressVPN 24-7. Use it every time. I'll be in Miami this week. Be using it everywhere I go. Don't want anyone coming in, seeing what we got going on. Uh, Use the special link today, guy, to get three months free at ExpressVPN.com slash ham. 
after which you can sign up for things like the League Pass at a huge discount. That's expressvpn.com slash ham for three free months with a one-year package. Visit mm. expressvpn.com slash ham to learn Encrypt more. Encrypt your data. Keep it safe from hackers. 24-7 expressvpn.com slash ham. I just saw John uh, Raheem Mostert tweeted um, about 15 minutes ago as we were just landed in Miami, hearts heavy after the passing of a true legend. Truly can't believe it. Thank you for everything. True inspiration. Hashtag RIP Mamba. So to your point, you're right. I mean, it's going to be a big part of the uh, of the week. We will talk. It's Super Bowl week, so we're going to talk about this, even though clearly the number one thing on everybody's mind is is Kobe Bryant. Uh, and it is crazy. What I was going to say at the beginning of the podcast, but held off just because we wanted to talk about Kobe, was right before you texted me and the news broke about Kobe, I was I had been sitting on the couch with my phone away from me, and I was thinking, you know, when I grab my phone, when I when I get up, I'm going to tweet. Niners playing the Super Bowl in a week, just could it, it's pretty crazy. Um, a week off gives you some reflection time. It felt so weird having the Pro Bowl on today. They were in a really awkward spot, but the 49ers do play in the Super Bowl in now less than a week. As you listen to this, we're recording this after kickoff would have already occurred. And um, it's pretty wild, man. It's just you just on that basic level, it's pretty wild that they're in this position given all the questions we had about them coming into the season. Isn't it crazy how the first Super Bowl week you you're super excited? I mean, obviously, if you from the Bay, like the Niners are in it, and then by later in the week, you're like, well, we still got a week, and it just kind of dies because the, the teams kind of go silent. Uh, there's just not as much going on. You know, the Pro Bowl feels irrelevant. And then now, I mean, if it wasn't for this news, which sucks, it would have been like the number one story. Super Bowl week, it's starting, Miami, it's going to be a zoo. How do they handle it? Everything that's going on, like how's Jimmy going to look? Kyle, Andy Reid coming off a bye. It all kind of starts to come back, you know, kind of take shape. And we're recording this on Sunday night. To me, Monday night is when you really feel it, right, when they do the big media night. And the teams come out, and at one point in time, I know the last couple of years, like both teams come out on the same stage while mm-hmm. one's leaving and the other one's coming. Mm-hmm. And usually you have like a, I would imagine they'll have like Deion Sanders or Chris Rose or something in the middle of like Andy and Kyle. Then they'll grab like Jimmy and Patrick Mahomes. And then all of a sudden it'll be Richard Sherman and Tyreek Hill or Kelsey. And it'll really start to feel like this fucking thing's here. Like, this is one of the biggest weeks of the year for sports. I mean, this is their biggest event of the year, right? Most people watch. Yep. And then, and then, like you said, just factoring in, I think many people could have foreseen the Chiefs being here. They were one of the best teams in the league the last year. They were right in the AFC Championship game. They have the reigning MVP. Their team was stacked. We know me, what we think of their coach. To me, to me, the only reason it's a little weird is because their season got a little weird, but it was mainly because it injured on the quarterback. Now, thank God he didn't like hurt his knee that bad. And they're here. The Niners, I mean, it's not like a true Cinderella story because you start watching, you're like, well, it's not like they're overachievers. I they're mean, stacked. They, got, they got dudes. But we've seen a lot of quote-unquote stacked teams that don't do shit, right? Yeah. Happens all the time in in the NFL. So it, it it doesn't happen in the other sports as much. Like if you have especially the talent, when teams battle injuries like they have. Yeah, they had multiple injuries to key spots. They missed tackles, running backs, 
really the only guy, and this is the argument defending Jimmy, is like he was their one constant really all season, right? What do you think the number one reason the 49ers are in the Super Bowl is? Of all the things they have going for them, like what do you think is the biggest thing? I'm going to go a little intangible, not like a specific side of the ball, a specific thing they do well. I think all their players, and you hear this a lot, you hear this all the time, and and you – you talk to so many college coaches and interviewing them for games. They're just they're over the top with like we got to build our culture. We yeah. had to. We, the, you ever talk to a strength coach, a new strength coach? Like I don't know what the fuck they were doing before. I don't know. They were lifting weights. The same shit you're gonna do. Shut up. Well, the best thing I say this every year in spring football. Somebody SB Nation like five years ago is like all the quotes you hear at spring football, and one of them is like the new strength and conditioning coach is changing everything. Everyone's in the best shape. Anyway, go find it. It's good. But you're right. But it doesn't make that stuff not true, right? No, well, because it is true. And to me, the thing that's most true is not like, well, he's he's instituted this this new squat that you get two inches lower and it led to 17 more sacks, right? Or I think it's more their ultimate message of whatever the coach is preaching. Everyone bought in. And when you all, like, for example, the Browns, I think by about week three, no one took anything Freddie Kitchens said seriously. And I think for Andy, for example, having been around him, I think people always buy into his message. He's an easy guy to buy into. When you look historically like why the Chiefs win or lose, it's usually like one thing in a game or not, right? It's not like, well, they just 12-4 and four this year and they lost in the second round. Like, it's just, yeah, it just happens. It's hard. I think the Niners were just... Everyone's on the same fucking page. They all truly like each other. Remember when Nick Bosa was was signed? I think there were a couple moments this season that just showed, like, they got a pretty high-level team. One, the Bosa-Trump deal, which the media is obsessed with politics. Most people you meet in life, especially when you're talking about sports, politics don't come up. The media, a lot of them are just extreme in one way. They think about it all the time. They're like weaving it into what they talk about. Everyone said with Nick Bosa, like, yeah, we don't really care. If we're going to like him, he's going to be fine. If we don't like him, then that would be the problem. I don't give a shit what he tweets. I also think the Tim Ryan thing when that happened, like when everyone got his back and they all felt like they knew him pretty well and like the prominent players. But, But to me, it wasn't necessarily like, yeah, what he said was stupid and wrong, but it was pretty unique to see every... They didn't have one guy that had been like, well, I always thought the guy was kind of a weirdo. You know, just something like, whoa, this is going to be Even, a hard one to shake. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that no one thought it. It just meant that people understood this is not useful to the team if I feel that way to share that opinion. Which I, I think on football teams, more than all the teams, is the hardest to corral. Like, even when you're thinking something, one voice... What what's the uh, Eddie goes uh, one team one heartbeat? That shit does matter because all all it takes is one guy, especially like a starter, to say something and that becomes a huge story. There has been the opposite of that with the Niners. Like they're actually, thank God they're really good at football because they're kind of a boring team, right? There's not like their big personalities like Kendrick Bourne. I mean Richard's a big personality, but at this like he's just Richard Sherman. I I, I think that they don't. They don't really have any bad seeds. And when I say bad seeds, I don't mean like criminals or anything. I just mean like a guy like, oh my God, this guy talking again. Even one guy, I remember when he said it, I forget what article it was in. Oh, it might have been Ty Dunn's. And it was Fred Warner. 
right? Like saying something about being a Super Bowl team. I remember yeah, this year sa- he said yes. I remember him saying something. I was like, I don't know if this guy should be saying I that. I remember not only saying, like, I don't know if he should be saying that, but saying, like, is Fred Warner good enough to be talking like this? It's and like, you know what? Yes, it turns yeah, out. He, he backed it up. He's been fucking a badass. So that, that, yeah. that's another thing they have going for him. Like, their guys back their shit up. Just like, this guy was a first-round pick? Ass kicker, ass kicker, ass kicker, ass kicker. Yeah, look, Kyle Shanahan coached this team for two years before this year, and they weren't that great. Uh, their personnel has gotten better, duh. But I... I think all that falls to me. The biggest, the biggest reason they're where they are is Kyle Shanahan. Not just the evaluator. Obviously he's not the only one. They built a pretty impressive front office, but the culture, Kyle Shanahan and the play callers, Kyle Shanahan, just the head coach, Kyle Shanahan. I think that's the biggest reason they're here. And, and you know, look, they, they, they got really good. They got incredible defensive personnel. They upgraded there. Jimmy was healthy, all that stuff. But I do think everything you're talking about starts with Kyle Shanahan. Well, I guess that the point I was trying to make, it does start with Kyle Shanahan because if that guy isn't respected, like why does it never happen with Belichick, right? Why does no one ever say anything they shouldn't say? Because he has the ultimate respect. The ultimate respect. I think it happens actually a lot with Andy too. Like, when, when does a chief now they may get in something off the field, but when do they have like a huge controversy with a player saying something? It rarely happens because it gets you. You kind of Belichick doesn't quite feel like this. Andy much more because there's a human side to him, which I actually think Kyle would be closer to Andy that way in the sense of like his guys just feel like they like him, they know him from a football sense, and maybe Kyle's a little looser. Partly he's just younger but you would never want to do something to piss him off. And we've all been around players long enough. Again, players are just humans. Like, guys know, right? Like, Odell knows what he's doing when he does shit. There's not the media, and it's a small segment of the media, but the way 2020 is, everyone tries to make excuses for guys. Like, once you get past, like, 15, if you didn't fucking grow up in a, in a box by yourself, like, you know what's right and wrong, Right? Especially yeah. once you once you play all all the guys in the NFL, they've played college football. So and the majority of the good ones played at big programs. So if you play in Division One football, by the time you get to the NFL, and I would imagine if we looked at the studies, what would you say the percent of? If I just had to guess, like NFL players from Division One football, ninety four percent. Yeah, it's got to be really high. Yep. And I'm, I'm not even talking to LSU. I'm talking like Fresno State, uh, UCF. Like might you, be higher than that, honestly. Y- yeah, honestly, the more thinking about it, it might be like 97, percent right? Because not it's a small percentage of guys coming from FBS and Division Two is an outlier. Like there's like one Division Two guy got drafted. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a high, high percentage of guys. Not Power Five because Fresno and the smaller schools, San Diego State, whatever, Boise. UCF. Yeah. But those guys, if you play at Boise. You're getting the same talks as you are at LSU, right? The way to conduct yourself, the way to talk, the way to act in class, the way to treat women. Like, you get it. I saw it at Fresno State 12 years ago, the type talks. The same fucking ones we had when we'd start training camp with, with, uh, with Coach Reed. The same talks from just different people in different communities, but the same messages. So, when you respect the guy, do you think this carries over probably in any aspect of life? Like, if you respect the guy that you're answering to, it's much easier to just follow in line. No doubt. And I think, but I think the respect, the guys you're talking about, 
it goes hand in hand. Starts for players with, do you make me better? Do I know if I do what you say as the coach, that will put me in the best position to get the most out of myself? Because there's nothing, you know, I think failure is usually accompanied by trying to find out why you failed. And the first and easiest thing to do is blame somebody else. My coach didn't use me right. My coach didn't understand. He didn't know how good I was. So the first thing I think players look for is, does my coach understand how good I am? Does my coach understand how to use me? When you and say it happens in football the most, too, with schemes, just because like specific schemes are so important for specific individuals? Especially with offensive coaches and skill position guys where there's only one football. So do I trust that when I'm out there running my routes, like you're putting me in the best position to touch the ball one of six times today? Because I'm not gonna. I'm, most of the stuff I do is gonna come on plays that I might. I don't get the ball. Even if you get the ball ten times a game, you're still. That's a minority number of the plays that get run. Yeah. So I just think that's where it starts with him. Like I, I think they. The reason I think one of the reasons at least we've gone all in on feeling like he is just one of the best coaches in the league is his players are all in on not just he's solid, but he knows what's gonna happen before it happens. Like, that's what the players say. Now, I didn't say that first. I don't know what he's telling them in the locker room. That's what they say. You're right. That's probably a much bigger element than I'm assuming a lot of stuff about his personality with guys that I don't know. But I do think you we can make know, some we of those know, assumptions. We, we know that's a fact. And that, to me, with all the bullshit, like, how often do you hear, like, God, Parcells was a dick. But, I, but, but John, I but think it was part of that. It. Yeah, but part of what you're saying, I think we can assume a lot of it's true because it's do you coach everybody – Right? Do do the players see that you co- that you hold people accountable? Do they see that you preach, hey, we're about family, we're about doing the right things, but then you also have the right people on either side of them. And a lot you can preach, we're about doing the right thing, but then they see some jerk come into the locker room who's your guy, who you don't punish, and everything you said now is invalid. So I think it's all the stuff you said. I think we can assume all that stuff's true. The stuff that Fred Warner was talking about, like we, or the stuff that Emmanuel Sanders was talking about. Remember we talked about that. During the playoff by, he went on radio in Denver and was like, this locker room, it's pretty impressive. Just the guys here, everybody's on the same page. I think that's all a reflection of – and John Lynch gets credit and you know all the scouts, well, except for the ones that talk to Ty Dunn. Uh, uh, but the other guys in the front office, right? Like that's – you set the tone, especially when it's not like you're inheriting some other, somebody else's program that had already set the tone. That's not what happened. One thing that I do think is fair – and this is probably pretty consistent in the history of sports and definitely any organization, but sports is much more tangible because like when I say did like Bill Gates have the most talent around him, you know, it's like, how do you even quantify that? Like when, when Merrill Lynch was getting going, they had the most talented financial well, they, guy. It's just like, yeah, well, it's like, are you hiring just the best people from right? Remember Theranos was like, they got people from everywhere. Yeah. High level engineers. from. It's like, Oh, they must be onto the right to track. Me, to me in business, it's not as black and white. Like in sports, if you have elite talent, like you have a roster, basketball, baseball, or football, that's loaded. Everyone likes each other and they believe in whoever the coach is. You're going to be good. Like, when does it ever happen, in, and I college, same thing, if you believe in the coach and you have the talent and everyone's on the same page, like, those teams are just always good. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to win a championship. That's what's made this season kind of cool is, like, how – like, they easily could have, depending on a draw, lost in the second round. It would have been like, well, it's 
first year was crazy, but it was like, hey, they're on the right direction. It wouldn't have been that nuts. To me, once you get to the playoffs in sports, like anything's kind of on the table. It's why I've always defend when anyone asks me, like, well, you know, he's just, he's kind of average in the playoffs. Well, hey, guys, Coach Reed's been in 28 playoff games. Check out Sean Payton and Pete Carroll. Like, they, they're, they don't have that many games. There's no one in, in, in the NFL beside Belichick that's even close to his level. Yep. Check out how many games John Harbaugh has. I, I bet John Harbaugh hasn't been in 20. But partly what, that's just, did you, did you watch him? And when you watch, do you think this guy's good enough to win it? I think the answer is clearly yes. John Harbaugh's right. been in 17, for example. 17. What's his, what's his winning percentage? 10 and 7. You just like people, which is impressive, right? I mean, Andy's 500. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, it's like only one team gets to finish the playoffs with a win. But think about this. Like he started so fast, Harbaugh, because he's lost now two years in a row in his first game. So he's basically 0-2 these last two years. So he was 10-5 mm. and five two and a half years ago. Mm. So you're like, damn. Because to me, I'll give him 10-5 and five is pretty good, right? You just say 10-5. and five, Yeah. I'd, I'd rather be... Would you rather be ten and five with the Super Bowl or fourteen and fourteen without one? It's it's kind of the ten conversation. and five with the Super Bowl. Yeah, but once you get to like once Andy gets one, let's say he gets one this year or next year or wherever, and he's like ends his career at twenty and twenty with a Super Bowl. Would you rather be that or Harbaugh when he ends his career at thirteen and fourteen? You know, it's just like well, right, right. started losing a lot. It shows you it's it's really really difficult, and like to me, I'm already at the point where. I'm still torn. Like I, I'm not rooting against Andy. I, I'm not necessarily. I don't I think you'll know until the game starts. I think it's your heart. I think your heart of hearts. The game's going to start, and you're going to want Andy Reid to win, and that's fine. Well, I, I think so too. And yeah. I, but I, but I'm also. And like, I'll understand. I I'm, I kind of want. It. I don't want Andy Reid to lose. I, I do know the, how important it is for people that listen, people in our community. Like it would be cool. So I'm not. I'm not going to be not be celebrating if the Niners win because it'll be cool around here. It'll be a big deal. Like that's that's where I'm torn. Like I've already come to grips with like. <laughs> so my prediction is, I think I, during the game you'll want Andy to win. You'll be happy if he does. Two weeks later, you'll be like, I think two weeks after the fact, you'll especially be more appreciative if he's won the Super Bowl. One hundred percent. Here's what I do know: if he's gonna lose, which I got no problem with him losing, I don't want it to be something stupid. You, know, you want it to look like two great teams played, somebody had to win. Yeah, yeah you just tip your hat. I, I don't want an Atlanta Falcons moment. I don't want a Pete Carroll pick moment. I don't want a game management time moment. I just well, want, that's the last thing I want. I just want, if the Niners are going to win, just kick, just beat them. And just, you know, fair and square, the Niners were the better team. It's hard for me. I keep getting back to envision a blowout. Like, it's just, how do you blow out Patrick Mahomes? No, I, 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 I think this game is, this happens in Super Bowls, but I think it's pretty blowout proof. I'm still. Are, is it still kind of crazy to you that they're favored and not the Niners? The Chiefs, and the Niners, um, the better team, or do you just get the better quarterback, better offense? It's yeah, kind of shows I, that. I, uh, it's like defense wins championships, but defense don't get I big lines in Vegas. <laughs> it's a little crazy. I will say, I've said it before. It's 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 not just the whole thing you just said with the Chiefs. Is that the last two weeks they have been offensively just how many touchdowns they scored put it on right? display? Like yeah. Yeah, so eleven, and maybe it's partly what you said too. And I think you mentioned this on the last pod when we talked about it. Just that the Chiefs coming into the year were the team that people were. Does it kind of still feel like the Niners? If the Niners were the New York Giants coming out of nowhere, not to go. I think it's kind of cheap to go like West Coast, East Coast bias, but I do wonder if they were a team that 
either had a coach that we're used to seeing there or a quarterback we're used to seeing there or if Nick well, there is if they was, were if they were the Cowboys or the Giants for sure they would be favored I think I think there's an element of that there so yeah I but I do think like the Niners win the Super Bowl their their respect level moving forward will just go up quadruple like their first let's say they play I, I don't even know who their schedule is but I, they do play the AFC East next year let's just say they they open up with Miami now I get the Miami's not gonna be that good but they would immediately be like a 14-point favorite, right? They, they will be treated, if they win this game, like a superpower next year. Just when you factor in, like, then I think the quarterback will be coming back, coach is coming back. Right. They would just be treated like the Patriots or the Chiefs against shitty teams immediately. Like, there will be no – you could argue, are they already going to get that? If this game's tight and they lose, it won't, mm-hmm. might not even matter. They'll be viewed as one of the best teams in the league. Like, how are they not – how would you say these two teams aren't like the favorites next year? They're going to have most of their guys coming back, right? Unless there's something dramatically happens. But wouldn't you say that, just thinking off the top of your head, these are going to be two of the top three or four favorites coming into the next season? Yeah, I mean, Baltimore, I think, will be back there. Do the Saints end up with – well, I don't I – mean, we'll who knows? I mean, See, I think people will be lukewarm on them. I think the Packers, yeah. it'll be like, you know, he's getting old. Unless, like, Seattle did made a couple big moves, which you never know. Like, damn, Seattle got Odell Beckham and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mike Evans. Well, do the <laughs> Patriots do something crazy, like bring Brady back and kind of sign well, superstars well, that they hadn't I've had ar- I've already cons- – like, they're a top five favorite. Hard <laughs> you know, unless, like – Unless Brady's not – even without yeah. Brady? But what if I told you, like, they got Phillip Rivers or, you know, I, who knows? Yeah, I know. It feel Brady's coming back. I, want, I saw Kraft said we want him back. Which, if he wants him back, how does he not get back? He's the decision. Like we'll pay him more. I don't care. I'll pay him. So I, it feels like Brady will be back. I've kind of come to grips thinking that how is Brady not going to be on the Patriots? Mm-hmm. Now I've never wavered. Like if you said Bill could choose, like I don't think he would be against it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. I don't know, but I don't know if it's really up to him. Um, Andy Reid eighteen and three off a of bye now regular season. So this I don't know what the playoff stat is, but two weeks to prep. I I think um, you know I think Shanahan is uh, he doesn't have quite the track record obviously that Andy does, but I I I think both guys like you asked me last week who's going to have the first trick play quarterback who's going to have a who's going to throw to the quarterback. I think there's going to be some special stuff in this game. You think that's one of the truly great little stat nugs of all time? I really do. I <laughs> like because it comes up every year, and every year we add to it. Wouldn't it be one thing, right? If it was like you know he's been coaching ten years, and he's like eight and two. Well, but you like, ask me like, what's Kyle's record off a of bye? It doesn't really matter, right? Well, he's only three in. I mean, this so guy's been doing irrelevant. it since nineteen ninety nine, eighteen and three, and he didn't take any time off. He just kept on coaching. He went to a team. People forget this. Do you know when he went to the Kansas City Chiefs, they had the number one overall pick? The number one overall pick. And it's, it speaks to Kyle, too, but it the difference was is they started winning immediately. It took Kyle a couple years. You see Jed, I guess, talk with some reporters on, like, Friday afternoon. And, uh, like, all the Bay Area contingent, he must have come out and just, like, given them one of those little, like, 20-minute talks. And they asked him, like, what was Kyle like in the interview process? He's like, well, he he – tongue-in-cheek joking around that he said our roster's really good and it looks like it's got a chance we can turn a quick fix 
And then he started laughing. He's like, that's not what Kyle said. He just he said we sucked. I was thinking, God, that's not a great look for Balky. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not what does Jed give a shit though? It's like we're headed to the Super Bowl. But I think sometimes you read about like owners, what they're looking for in a hire, and it's like, well, you gotta tell them you believe in the quarterback. You gotta tell them their roster looks good. I'll give Jed some credit in the sense of like looking back, I was probably pretty honest. What I got to lose? I'm going to get a job sooner or later. I'm just going to tell it like it is. Because remember, one of the talks was like Elway and Kyle. Remember, they met. Is there a chance Kyle told Elway some things that were like, you're telling me this, my roster, and it didn't go over as well? Because I had someone DM me during the season. He's like, I'm a diehard Bronco fan. This is when it was clear the Niners were really good. And he's like, I throw up in my mouth sometimes when I think about Kyle Sh- John Elway hired Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan. Because remember, one of the things was like, yeah, John's not as interested. Think about that. It's one thing Washington, it's like the elephant in the room is like, well, they had McVay, they had Kyle, they had LaFleur, like they had the whole group. It's another thing, the Broncos, who needed a coach, Elway, his guy's Mike. Mike, doesn't Shanahan's, doesn't he have a joint there too in Denver? Like the Shanahan's. The kid was growing up like in high school when he was there and winning. He knows the family. And maybe sometimes, and I do in fairness to John, sometimes I think you can be too close to something to really see what is right. But maybe he didn't look at him seriously enough, thinking like, this little kid's going to coach my team. And the irony is he hired a guy that still to this day is one of the worst defensive coordinators in the league, Vance Joseph. I mean, he's a, <laughs> he's a joke. And Kyle is... Kyle's not just, like, one of the young, bright minds. It's clear, like, it's like, oh, who's the better offensive mind? You can only even argue, like, yeah, Sean Payton or Andy Reid. Like, that's already the conversation. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, you know, it's just, there's seven guys. No, it's like, he's already right up with the guys that have, have like, 38 years of career head coaching experience, have these crazy records, crazy offenses, like Kyle. And no one even argues it. Like, yeah, he's, he's sweet. <laughs> like, that would be one if I was a Bronco fan where I'd be like, uh, what the fuck, John? Oh, I, I can live with your drafting the tackle from uh, Utah that stinks. For whatever reason, he's been a five-year starter. It's like, John, when your draft picks suck, can we just get rid of him? Like, you don't have to hold on forever. You're in control. No one's firing you. But you, you pass on Kyle Shanahan? Like, that one's tough to shake. And again, the Niners, here's where I don't give – they did luck into it a little. They wanted Josh, who, let's face it, more than likely it's not as good if Josh is the head coach here. Well, the other thing is the other thing that got kind of lucky is they hot they had two coaches before that were so bad they didn't get like three years of people going ah should they or shouldn't they right Tom Sula and Chip what if they had just hired one guy who was not bad but was not good and it was it took like three years to figure out that you're moving on from like a, like a Pat Shermer type you know I was I, I tried to think of guys then I realized all these guys are like two and don't even get three years like I was like Shermer. And then I thought of Steve Wilkes. Like, none of these guys get... So maybe it was bound to happen anyway, but... Let's go like a Jason Garrett, where you go... But he's a lot better than what you're saying, though, right? Yeah, you still would have had some success. You're right, because I think... You know what I'm saying? I think you kind of know right away, because I think most people defended Kyle. Like, I kind of like what I'm seeing. With Shermer, it was like, are we sure? This kind of feels like Cleveland all over again, everybody. You kind of know, right? Right. And I think... You're right. They got lucky where there was no, like, well, let's just give them another year. It's like Chip. To me, Chip had things going against him. 
beside just the two and fourteen record, which is tied for the worst record in franchise history. It was when you have when you try to hire a defensive coordinator because when Chip was hired, it was like, oh, the Niners will give him three or four years. He's coming from Tom Sula, and it was like Vrabel's like, nah, man, I'm good. To me, things like that happened that actually probably made it easier for Jed to pull the trigger. Like, when does that happen to Kyle? Now, Kyle hasn't attempted to change over much, but it won't, right? Kyle's going to be one of those guys, just like Andy or Belichick, you want to go to. It's why when I get it, and we've talked about this a little before, but Eric Bieniemy and Robert Sala, you're part of a rocket ship. You know, like Mike Kafka. Did you see the Eagles? When I was in Philly, my cat, we drafted Mike Kafka. Right. Not a very good player. Out of the league in like three or four years. You know, a late round pick. He's now been like, he started as like Andy's quality control guy a couple years ago. And then just worked his way up the ladder because like Doug got a job, then Nagy moved up. Then Nagy got a job, then Biennemi moved up. And he just took on more and more responsibility. And it's like, he is a lock to be the next OC when Biennemi leaves. The yeah. Eagles wanted to hire him. Well, Andy just exonated. Like, you're not allowed to. Wanted to hire him as their OC? Wanted to hire him as their OC. But he's not technically calling play, so Andy could block it. Mm -hmm. And I saw Adam Kaplan wrote, well, it's he's not just the quarterback coach. He's like their passing game coordinator, technically. He just doesn't have the title. Like, he means a lot to Andy, and Andy didn't want to let him go. And it's one of those, like, I don't know Kafka personally. Even though I saw him at the Combine a couple years ago, he's like, I remember you. I think he was just being nice. That... If you're him, like even if maybe you wanted to go, which you weren't going to call plays and you probably get a raise anyway, I think big picture, you're like, bro, you are in the prime spot. You are prime real estate right there. Yeah. And I think Kyle's just so new and fresh. But if you're going to be one of the most dynamic offensive coaches, which he clearly is, how are his? Like, Is this the last year that Mike McDan yeah, McDaniels and LaFleur, the two kind of underlings, how are they not going places? Well, it feels like one of them will eventually be Robert Sala's OC, right? Yeah. And, like, the next, like, Matt Rule or whoever, you just hire that guy. Like, I, I would know this. If I was Matt Rule, I would have been much more aggressive to get one of those two guys over Joe Brady. I think sometimes you can ride the Joe Brady hype train. Those two guys have been kind of Kyle's right-hand men. Right. Check, check their resume. Like, where Kyle goes, he takes those two I, I wonder if you're Matt Rule, like you've just been paying closer attention to college football. Well, no, you wouldn't even have known. I, this is a, I, I'm not blaming him for hiring Joe Brady. Uh, Joe Brady's way more famous. But this is where like the Rosemans and the people that are in the league, like they're all talking. They know. And Tepper's got too much shit going on. No one with the Panthers would even know. I think these, def these coaches are nuts. Like Ron Rivera, you should have you interviewed one of these guys or attempted to hire him. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to work, but they are everything I read about their impact in their impact. Remember the clip that I put out a couple days ago was like, yeah, Kittle was they, they love those guys. Those, they think those guys are little geniuses. I saw Traeger did a segment the other day like these two guys don't get enough credit and I saw Usechek, the NFL network tweeted it out just quoted yeah. it like, yeah, they do. Like we know or like those guys are little mad geniuses. But you think Schrag will be back for the state of the nation? Oh yeah, he's. Do <laughs> you notice that Good Morning Football is like kind of a pro Niner show? Well, yeah, because Schrager is like Niner guy, right? But I also think that Kyle Brandt, like he's been doing some raps. Like he, might, it wouldn't shock me if he's a Niner fan deep down. You know, just lived in L.A. for a while, maybe started liking the Niners. I don't know. They, they just feel like the Niner Network, kind of. 
Maybe since the Niners are cool. Obviously, Schrager knows Kyle from doing sidelines all those years in Washington. Well, Schrager, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I think he got, like, Schrager's tight with McVay. I think he got to kind of know that crew. Just because, again, they're just mid-30s white guy, but just talking about normal shit you would talk to your friend, and they're all kind of the same age. It's what makes the Niners kind of unique. But here's what I'm saying. I guess my point back to the assistants, they still are kind of a year away from everyone. Like, you opened up who's going to get hired for OCs. You didn't really see those guys' names. To me, if this they do this shit another year, how are these two guys the most talked about offensive minds in the league? Yeah. Because it took six months, excuse not six months, six games for Robert Sala to be like, is he going to interview for jobs? We were talking like, are they going to bring him back? Like, think right. how fast that changes when you are the guy calling plays. It can take a little longer if your coach isn't Andy or Belichick for you to kind of be known. Or I think these guys will get talked about all summer if they – guy, the Super Bowl, the media night, if you're listening to this Monday, it's, I think it happens Monday night. I bet there'll be a couple articles on them that come out. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Do you have uh, the props? That's not a bad – I'm just going to write the off-season interview, maybe one of those guys, see if Lang yeah. will give it to us. I'd talk to either one of them. Uh, yeah, the props. Our friends at mybookie.ag, uh, promo code AM. Go ahead. One. Yeah, you tell, tell the people, John, that this is the last football game, and then, of course, there'll be the NBA – Premier League, 24-7 customer service, best promotions, fastest payouts, promo code HAM. They'll match your first deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. Um, and you can, if you have, if you, what is it, if you accept the deposit, the bonus, then you gotta, you've got to play it all out. you got to gamble it, yep. Um, but promo code HAM1 at mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. What so, we well, we obviously got the game, just to still at plus one and a half which will be interesting to see if that number starts to fluctuate. They usually say it's like the most gambled on game of the year, the Super Bowl, clearly just because I think a lot of casual people gamble on it. Here are a couple. If you like the Chiefs and you gave that Andy Reid stat 18-3, and three, if you were a gambler, you'd have to go back and do a study on every one of those box scores. But I would imagine in those box scores of the 21 games, he's been pretty successful out the gate. Because part of having the time is, I'm going to know you so well. I'm going to start so fast, get a lead, and kick your ass. The game that this year now is the Raiders. And remember, the Raiders had a little something to play for. Like, they were kind of losing the game that they shouldn't have lost. They played the Jets, and they were playing the Chiefs game, and they got housed 40-9. to I wonder how many of those games he's had a pretty commanding lead at halftime. Again, our listeners, some of you guys like this shit more than me, go, go do the study. Chiefs, so if you like the Chiefs to win the game, you can get them at minus a half a point. So all they would have to be leading by a point at halftime, one to one. Pay a hundred bucks, you know, bet a hundred bucks to win a hundred bucks. And the Niners, you get plus half a point. But I'm just saying, if you like the Chiefs, that to me is a pretty solid bet. I would bet the Chiefs money line. I would also bet the Chiefs first half. Now, again, you'd have to do a d- deep dive into the analytics. AKA yeah. Numbers. So I'm looking for some splits. The Niners, um, the Niners by quarter. Uh, so five five. So it's going to require some math here. Uh, Fifteen. They, the Niners score more. It's not by much, but they score the most early. So their fewest touchdown. Ten touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Thirteen touchdowns in the third quarter. Uh, 11 touchdowns, sorry, 15 touchdowns in the second quarter, 
and they, they score a lot early. 13 touchdowns. So they're pretty well balanced the first, second, and third quarter in terms of touchdowns. Because the Niners get that first drive kind of Kyle bonus touchdown too. Yeah, see, to me, you'd almost – you would remove the opponent because I think the Niners statistically you would be like, well, I, it might be a stay away because you feel like most of their games, they, they start fast, they score, their defense is good. It would simply, if you're going to bet the Chiefs, the minus half, to me, makes some sense. Here's another one, kind of cool. Which ad will be shown first? <laughs> Mike Bloomberg or Donald Trump? Oh. Both minus 120. There's going to be a lot of Bloomberg. I don't know if you've seen – some of his numbers, which he's spending, like two hundred plus million dollars oh, yeah, on a I've campaign, seen. like he barely registers on people that are going to vote for him. Like it's it's one of the all time vanity projects where it's like, bro, I'm not one to tell anyone to do with their money. That's what you, but clearly, like, shouldn't you just even like, Schultz was like they're saying pack it in, us. huh? Right? Even Sh- Char- even Schultz, the Starbucks guy, was like they're saying pack it in. I'm not I'm not grading well. I mean, come on, man, just help some poor people or something. Uh, which commercial will be aired first? Bud, who uh-huh. I would say in our lifetime has been the most consistent, would you say? Yep. Advertising yep. on Super Bowl Sunday? Horses. Yeah. Coca-Cola would be plus 100. They're up there. How now, about, I'd have to do some digging. Like, Does that count like Frito-Lays and some of their other properties? What about if you're Nike? Do you think maybe you suddenly go, you know what, we need a Kobe commercial for the Super Bowl? I think, wouldn't you say that Kobe feels like a lock to get a commercial for the Super Bowl? Yeah. An RIP Mamba. I you you could argue if you're the Lakers, maybe. Well, I was being, thinking if you're the NBA, maybe you'd do that. Yeah, maybe you all kind of work together. I, I I think it would be an enormous upset if there's not some Kobe ad. Netflix or Amazon, which ad comes first? Amazon. Netflix plus two fifty. Am see Amazon. Might, why do you think Amazon just got more money? Uh, it just feels like I just. I just envision an Amazon. I, I don't know. It's just my gut. It's one with my gut. So, yeah. Well, Amazon. What do you think? You have a gut on that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like, I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how these ads, like, you get, would you pay for more money? Like, it, it'd be riskier, right? Because if it's a good game, more people locked in later in the game? Or do people pay less attention as the game goes on? There would have to be some studies done. Mm-hmm. Because I talked to someone, so yeah, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, get your gamble on. This week on Radio Row is when it's just an unlimited amount of humans. There's A lot of them are famous, some are semi-famous, whatever, are just doing these ads. Well, they're doing interviews paid for by the companies. And I was talking to someone at Fox, and I asked him, like, are you with me and thinking it's a pretty big waste of money? He's like, well, I would never admit to this out loud, but it's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> the, the, the amount of money these people paying for like 10 quick seconds on... Now, some actually resonate. Like when I think Dan Marino, nutricism. So if I was older, like to me, that has worked. But that's an ad campaign. That's not because he does it at the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's been doing that. Doesn't it feel for like 20 years? Like that's I don't even know if he still does, price. but he's getting credit yeah, for it. Whatever. Exactly. Like that That to me is something like, okay, it's when you just come out of like, hey, I'm, uh, I'll just pick up. I'm Christian McCaffrey. I'm here with Cheez-Its. Like, you know, like, am I going to eat more Cheez-Its? Like Christian McCaffrey with Cheez-Its? Well, but that's the type of shit you get, guy. I'm glad you mentioned it because you and I have talked about this before. There, r- sports talk radio pounds its chest based on how many interviews they get this week. I think it's bad content. I get why you do it. If I'm in the position, I would do it too. We've done it. 
you just do the interviews. You're like, we had Jerry Rice on, and we had Dan Marino on, and we had Mike Vanderjee. No, who was the kicker we had on who was really good? Oh, Vanateri. Vanit- yeah, Adam Vanateri was fantastic. One of our favorite. Mike Vanderjack was the liquored, liquored up, up kicker. kicker. <laughs> but uh, but I don't think it's great content for the listener. I really that would have been don't. that would have been a probably pretty good interview. I would talk to Mike you just, Vanderjack. F- f- three out of the five guys just are not engaged. Or and then the other thing, so people know, you have to like play these weird games where you take a few people that you know Haberman and Middlecoff, you give them somebody so Papa can get Marino, yeah, Montana, yeah, or we got Marino, Peyton's dad, you know, like Mister Manning, um, Archie, you know. But so I don't think it's that stuff is great content. I think this week is actually not the greatest content week because you don't actually talk about the game. You get all these conversations just about. Oh, so and so's coming on. We got to ask him about whatever we got to ask him about, and then that person's not really locked in on the Super Bowl because they're not just their game analysis isn't. It's just I don't think it's a great week for content, even though in theory it should be. No, Maybe I'm going to be set up. I'm going to be set up. I got a little booth in the Fox, and they I guess have done a massive blowout. Yeah. So you've got so Fox has a whole setup, and you got a little a whole table setup. there. Yeah. Well, they just like I. I Texted one of the, the guys is basically the PD of Fox. Like, yeah, yeah, I got a table for you. It'll work out. And he's like, yeah, with, you'll be by this area where all the interviews come and we tape it. Would you like to use it? I'm like, nah, I'll just bring my own shit. Then I started thinking like, well, we might have access. Again, I would only do it if it's someone really sweet. Like, I'm not just doing every random, you know, swinging Tom, Dick, and Harry. But it's hard. that's what's cool about just kind of flying in there and being able to do whatever I want. Like, I know talking to like our buddy Daniel Ogden, who Pop and Lund are going. He's like, I've had to cut back because we need to talk about the game. Like this is you're, you're turning in this week. Yeah, if like Montana or even some people that are connected with the Niners, it's going to make some sense. Or even some famous people with the Chiefs. Like if you get Len Dawson or whatever, I guess. But you can't just have like Marshall Fault. Like you need it to be talking about the game. It's the great part about our job. We can do whatever the fuck we want. But the radio stations, you're so like beholden to that process just sucks yeah and i think i i was asking him i'm like what do you how do you think it'll compare to when you know the san francisco won like four or five years ago like yeah that one was pretty crazy but i would expect this one to be the biggest zoo ever just factoring in it's in miami Mm. and just the explosion of media the last three or four years just think how much more everyone kind of knows now people try to piggyback you get a lot more just non-football players walking around on top of all the famous football players go. Like, if you are anybody associated with the league, you're there trying to make money. You'd be stupid not to. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the easiest. Someone was paying you 50 grand to just do 10 interviews and say Cheez-Its. <laughs> that, that's what I, I heard, like, the going rate for non, like, Montana's are anywhere 25 to 50. But for 20 interviews, think how, that, that's the... You can't even comprehend how easy it is to make that forty grand if you're Christian McCaffrey. Wait, you'll fly me out there. I'm gonna go around and just claim uh, I'm here for Big Pen, and you're gonna give me forty five thousand dollars for one day of work. And you get it's to be real. a star, right? You get to. But but it, I, some of these guys are already stars, guy. Everyone talks to them wherever they go. It's just it's a complete money grab, which you, uh, I respect. You uh, you got any more props? Well, I'm going to try to save some throughout the week. There's okay. not as many as I thought. Because they're like the National Anthem one, the Coin Flip one. Who's singing the anthem? That's a good question. I don't know. I know J-Lo. Is, is J-Lo's doing halftime? She's doing halftime, yeah. With, uh, is it with Shakira? 
I thought she was just going. I think J Lo. I thought it was a two person halftime show. I know nothing about the halftime show. Do we even know who do they announce? Yeah, they announced who's doing the Super Bowl anthem. Uh, Super Bowl anthem. Demi Lovato. She is doing it. Demi Lovato, the anthem, J-Lo, Shakira, the halftime. Okay, I'll give you a couple more props before we finish this little. Nick Bosa. Okay. Total sacks. Over under one. So, do you like him to get a sack or not? I think you would have to take over, right? Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is hard to tackle. Okay, here's a unique one. Eric Armstead. Tackles. Three. So not a over, lot of interior runs. Over minus four, 145, under three. Under three is plus 105. Pretty good odds. Uh, Fred Warner. Total tackles plus assists. Seven over seven. Minus, those odds are terrible. I, I'd seven. be curious the amount of money that gets gambled on the game line versus the amount of money that gets gambled on the props. Do you think it happens a lot of props? Yeah, I I would guess it's. I mean, maybe it's not close, but. Okay, right. here, here's here, I'll give you one more. Okay, went on this. I I did actually. There is a shitload. I found them all. Player to record the Chiefs' first reception. I mean, this I could probably do a little digging. It might find out. Yeah, <laughs> like is there a play? Travis Kelsey. Uh, three to one. Hill three to one. Damian Williams, a running back, five to one. Sammy Watkins, five to one. And then a bunch of random guys that aren't going to catch the first. I one. like Hill. Yeah, I I would say if you're going to go decent, like Sammy Watkins isn't crazy, right? To do a little misdirection, like pump fake to Hill, go the other way to him on like a screen or something. Mm-hmm. The one thing you would say with Andy is like they run a lot of like screen passes. I'm not talking running back screens, which they do, but just like you throw it to the guy who's really fucking fast, and he right. might make the guy miss. Right. Because usually you run quick screens of wide receivers when they're doing what? Playing off coverage because that's you got eight. Well, what do you have to do against the Chiefs? Well, they're basically the Olympic track team, so you can't – like how, what's Richard going to do playing bump and run against all these guys? you got to be a little careful. It's really a big Robert Sala game. Not Speed kills, guys. A uh, few headlines? Yeah. What uh, – I mean, obviously – Everything's a subheadline to Kobe Bryant, but yeah, RP. Um, Tiger, Tiger finding out. To me, the one of the video Cassius Winston of Michigan State, Tom Izzo telling him right before they did a post game interview, and you see him, Izzo tells tells Cassius Kobe Bryant died, and Cassius goes Kobe, and then Izzo says something, and he's like Bryant, just total shock. I think Gottlieb tweeted. That's basically how all of us felt. It really, is, it really was. I, I've done that about ten times a day. Lacava didn't tell Tiger until afterwards, and then Tiger said during the post round interview that he didn't. He couldn't figure out why people were yelling like, "Do it for Black, do it for Mamba." Uh, and now we understood. Pretty crazy. Like if it you're cra- if you're Tiger, would you have wanted Joe Lacava to tell you during the round? No. Because it's like you're playing the Masters. I mean, it's the Farmers Open. Like, Yeah, but it's Tory Pond. I don't think you'd want to be told. But it's Kobe. I mean, it's like, I don't know. How, well, how do you, uh, what do you, how do you focus on? You have yeah, I know. It's just the question is like, is that worth not knowing 
is this event big enough or just is any event that you're competing in just you shouldn't ever find out while you're competing well, what if joe didn't really know you know because how would who's he talking to well probably like the other caddy while they're standing there somebody one of the guys that you know whoever there's always workers that are at the tee box i mean you're standing right by fans like fans can talk to you that that to me is probably the most shocking part that it didn't like Hey, Tiger, you know, in this, he's not that close to the fans. So he kind of separates himself. Yeah. Probably helps. I On Tiger, though, ever since you called his first win on tour in, like, years, he's kind of been a different golfer. Like, he's been an elite player. Like, he's just fucking good again. He's just really good. I mean, we keep saying this, but he keeps kind of kicking ass and mm-hmm. taking names. You know, he finished today, I think, minus nine. The what winter was the temperature was, today down there? Because it wasn't warm. Well, it, it, it kind of looked like the Bay Area all week, where just the, the overcast, because they're right by the water, would just kind of come in. So it would just go for, you know, kind of like if you're playing like Olympic Club, it can be 80 degrees for a couple hours, but then it immediately, or like where you live, can just flip to, God, is it 55 degrees outside? But if you're playing, maybe you get yourself warm and stay warm. Yeah, like they did show one guy I was watching today. He had a short sleeve shirt on. And they're like, well, he's from North Dakota, so this is hot for him. Because <laughs> it was and like Patrick Reed's a little chubby. He had a short sleeve shirt on. But yeah, he's just good. How about the uh, viral video of Kawhi at the strip club? In, a new, balance, in a new balance. White hoodie. Where do you stand on taping someone at a, at a strip club? Well, I, I think it's really low, but I. I as a rule, like just taping people, people getting taped, like taping person sleeping on the plane, like that, that just taping people everywhere. It just annoys the hell out of me. I know. Um, I, tr- I try not to do it. It's not like I'll probably be doing that all week. Oh, McConaughey. <laughs> you know, yeah. But that like to me, yes. when you're in an environment where, but even that it does, it is weird, right? McConaughey's just walking by you're like, Oh, do you just put the thing right in his face or do you hold it down by your hip? Cause you kind of know it's weird. Well, guy, I also, thought about but it. But also, what are you doing with it? Are you just sending it to your friends? Look at this! Look at this weirdo asleep on the plane. Or are you putting? Are you like tagging Barstool for their Instagram page? You know, there's a difference between those two things. Like, so if that DJ like kept it on his phone and only showed his friends, like that'd be kind of funny, I guess. But still wrong. Well, to me, that's allowed if you're gonna if you're gonna laugh on a group tr- text. But nowadays, it immediately goes like you tax like. Or, you know, you include, like, at ABCLA. You know, it's like, can't even just let the guy see some butt cheeks? Like, leave him alone. Now, it was funny just how he was sitting and just throwing money. And you realize he's made, like, $400 million. You know, he has an unlimited amount of money. I've been to some strip clubs with people that are way less rich but have a little money, and it's pretty fun. Like, when you are that rich and you like going to strip clubs, it is a fun event. You know I mean? I would imagine he goes a lot. Uh, how about Bobby Evans, the the much maligned, nice guy. He was always nice to me. I know you know him or knew him. I don't know if you guys still talk. Haven't Did, talked to him he, in a while, John. Yeah, he he, he interviewed for the Houston Astros uh, general manager job. Yeah, <laughs> seems kind of like Jeff Luna might have been a cheater and a kind of a scumbag, but he was. Everyone acknowledged like he was pretty good at what he did. Right. Bobby Evans getting that job would be pretty nuts. Like, would the Astros be in trouble then? Can can you hire Bobby Evans? Or are they that? Are they just that screw? Like, I don't understand how they haven't hired him. How they haven't like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Kind of feel shell shocked a little. Yeah, like, because you're still in a position as an organization where you could still win a lot the next couple of years, right? Right. So you gotta 
you're not just hiring, but you do need somebody with some experience, right? Because it's just you got a crazy yeah. situation on your hand. You can't just like give the next analytic guy. You can just give it to like your Aaron Boone. Uh, maybe you could. I don't know. You could argue that Bobby, his personality, how nice of a guy he is, might be perfect for it. He has zero ties. Yeah, I to me that's from a P, from less, a PR standpoint. But the, the, but the manager is the important hire for this team this year. Just given everywhere they go, their guys are going to get booed. Everywhere they go, their guys are getting. Was there is there Rass. a chance if they if they hire Dusty Baker, they said he knows Bobby Evans, he's worked with him, and Bobby yeah, told him possible. he'd do it. Like I think Dusty would be great for them, but it's such a departure from what they've been as an organization. What do you think about the Bobby Evans Dusty Baker combo? Yeah, I don't know if they. <laughs> I like Dusty as like I would hire Dusty as my manager if I'm just a major league baseball team. I would consider him. So I agree. Uh, Bree, I didn't know Breeze until he did the interview with Lisa Salters. During the uh, Pro Bowl, which I watched zero plays of, and every year you say that, but this year definitely the Kobe thing, I probably might have checked in on it a little bit, but then I, I felt like I couldn't even watch the Pro Bowl, even if I'd wanted to today. I legitimately, if it wasn't for Devontae Adams retweeting, I guess he scored a touchdown and did 2-4, mm-hmm. I would I did, I honestly did not watch one snap. I almost tweeted one. this morning, like, what are you guys eating for the Pro Bowl? Let me see your spreads. <laughs> um, if, but if Lisa, you tell me if that game comes out tomorrow and did like a ten seven, then I fuck. know I, I can't imagine because my did, thought right? when I this morning when I went grocery shopping was just cancel the Pro Bowl, but then I remembered immediately. Oh wait, people watch it. What'd but you I get? really, huh? You guys get a lot of food? No, nothing. I mean, some cereal without sugar. Uh, you know, yeah, the, the boring shit. Yeah, no, kind of that's cere- not what we got. What kind of cereal? I couldn't even tell you what it is. Are you a cereal guy? I go through heavy. I'm a I'm a I'm a streaky cereal guy. Yeah, me too. Cereal good for you? Are you supposed to skip breakfast? No, you're not supposed to skip breakfast. And yeah, cereal's fine. Put some I skip fruit breakfast in it, every day. No, you're not supposed to skip breakfast. It's a really important meal. Fuel your day. I, isn't that that's what Big Breakfast told you years ago? Big breakfast. Yeah, I no, I think it's a pretty important. That's what all the super healthy people are like. Big breakfast. We're trying to. T-. Yeah, it's like I've been eating a big breakfast my whole life. It's pretty good. Every uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just breakfast is fun theory. and good. Um, Waffles are good. But Breeze said at the end of his interview with Lisa Salter, or Lisa said, "Hope to see you back next year." I didn't realize this was a thing, John. That Breeze might not come back next year. I didn't either. I just assumed, but it kind of makes sense. I mean, he is a, technically a free agent. He did taper off at the end of the year and obviously losing the playoff game. Now they've lost kind of had three straight years of devastating playoff losses. You'd have to think kind of like Brady in new England. He's still their best option. How do you not, if you can just do a one year, $25 million deal. Now the thing is his last deal was two fifty, So it's hard for like, is he going to take a pay cut? You could argue if you're Drew Brees and you've made $240 million would it be that outrageous to do like a one fifteen million and be like, hey man, let's get some other fucking guys. Use that ten million. Or does these guys just never do that? I'm not trying to be naive about this shit, but why if you were him and you'd made an unlimited amount of money and your whole legacy yeah. is want to win more Super Bowl, would you think about just listen, I'll do look, 110. I, look, it is always easy for us to sit here behind the microphones and say, but I do think maybe I'm naive at, to at, say at, this. At I do point, think I would think that. I do think I would think that, yes. I've made decisions not for money, but they we're not talking about we that all, level of money. But I've made those decisions have. with way less, way less security. So fuck yeah, 
Now, see, it's different for Tom, right? Because Drew was always making a lot. Tom was always making less. And I think Tom's more like, well, do you guys respect me for all these years? Or you just, you think I'm just going to keep doing you a favor? Little curmudgeon, Bill. So, yeah. I, I think if I had to guess right now, Drew Brees, Tom Brady are both the quarterbacks of their teams in the Patriots and the Saints. Which one would shock you more? Maybe that's the way to look at it. I don't, I don't see either retiring. Well, like, I, just I just mean not being on their team. So, you, like, if Breeze is not on the Saints, he's not on another team. It feels yeah. like he's too – he feels too connected to that. And, again, we always go back to this. Replace, you, replacing the guy is part of the equation. You're not replacing Breeze for $7 million, right? Yeah. Whoever you're replacing him with, you're paying a lot of – you're paying that person 15 or 16 or you or got Or you got a mortgage like or six you go drafts draft, trade Or up. you just say, yeah. now's the time to reset. But they're not – they were good. So they're not like they're really, really good guy. They're thirteen three, and they won a bunch of games without Brees. So like their team stacked. I think it's a tough situation. I, I think Tom zero chance he retires. I think he's already gone on record. I'm not retiring. I think if you're Drew, you're closer to that because you're like I'm still pretty good. His kids are a big part of his life. Like think how cool it is for his kids to be part of it. That to me is like the curveball with Drew. Like you get to celebrate it and experience it with your kids. So it's like. I, they, they they don't want you know sometimes it's like you know I thought about retiring I asked my wife and kids they're like no keep playing that's what it feels like you think Drew Brees' kids want him to stop fuck no <laughs> um, if you do you have another headline I have one one last that's question all, for you that's, I've, I've given you all a- I got anybody you want to hear from on Kobe anybody's thoughts that you that that would interest you this week I saw Shaq yeah just came across the ticker like I'm at I'm at a loss. I'd say, Sha- I'd say Shaq and You know and who Phil. I would have wanted to hear from, honestly, would have been David Stern. Maybe Jack. I mean, he's going to know those guys with the Lakers pretty Phil, tight. I bet Phil would be pretty insightful. Yeah, I think given Phil would some good ones. Is there a chance that when you see the video of Phil, like calling into Lakers.com, that he has like a beard like that goes down to his knees or something? Yeah. Or his hair is really long? Like, yeah. What I mean, when's the last time you saw a picture of Phil Jackson? It's been a, a, been a long time. <laughs> I guess the, the last press conference did with the Knicks a couple years ago. Is there a chance that he lo- he hasn't shaved in two years? Well, he hadn't shaved, period, anyway. Yeah, he didn't. Um, Smush? I mean, when you th- I was like, who coached him? Well, it was mainly just Phil. I mean, he had a couple guys here and there. Is Rudy T dead? He passed away, didn't yes. he? Yes. Rudy Yeah. Remember, he lasted for like half a season. Who was this coach at the end of the – oh, it was Byron Scott when Phil retired? Were him and Ahmad Rashad close? Didn't Ahmad do like a big interview with him? Somebody tweeted Sunday morning before the Kobe thing. Like, people forget Ahmad Rashad. They like tweeted this crazy Ahmad Rashad Vikings video. Was a good wide receiver. Number thir- three overall pick. I know. Okay, well. Um, yeah. AI. Like some Sad Philly, just like some Philly guy, you know, like who's his big rival? Steve Nash. I mean, they they had I did, some they battles. played together. They had some uh, battles. John, Dwight. To, I mean, uh, Dwight is on the Lakers. According to Wiki, uh, Rudy T is still with us. Did it feel like he died? Oh. Maybe jump the gun there. Sorry, Rudy. All right, on that note, glad you're still with us. Adios, adios. <laughs> 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.